0: I really should be doing homework, but instead, I decide to go shoot pool. It's 1979 and I'm a college student at California State University Chico. I walk into the bar and there's this really good looking guy named Ted shooting pool. He's tall, smart, confident, fun, and he's not a college student. He has a real job. Ted has a roommate named Murray who plays jazz piano. I go over to their house and I sing with Murray and I flirt with Ted. I find out that Ted makes the best bacon and eggs for breakfast. One thing leads to another and we fall in love. And everything is going great until one day his nine-year-old daughter from a previous marriage moves back in with him. And to me, it seems like every time I go to kiss him in front of her, she says, she, he's my daddy. Leave him alone. And Ted thinks this is cute. I do not. So, we break up. Ted moves back to San Diego and I marry some other guy. And <laughs> four years later, I gain a teaching credential and lose a husband. So, I decide to leave Chico and take a teaching job in the foothills above Redding, California. Now, I'm in my 30s, and all of a sudden now, my biological clock goes off, and I'm really interested in getting married and having a baby. But I am in a really bad town for that. I am kind of a liberal ex-hippie chick, and it seems like every available guy in town is either a cowboy, an ultra-religious conservative, or a methamphetamine dealer. (laughs) So I finally resort to long-distance dating a music teacher that lives three hours away. So uh, for a couple years, I date this music teacher and then one day he convinces me that I should give up a perfectly good teaching job with medical benefits and retirement and move with him up to Alaska to caretake the Crow Creek Mine in Girdwood (laughs) over the winter. Now, this is not really a good career choice for a woman in her 30s, but remember, ex-hippie chick, I've always wanted to live on a farm or, or out in the woods in a cabin, so this may be the closest I'll ever get to that dream. So I convinced myself that if I can just make it through the winter in a tiny little cabin with the music teacher, his large German shepherd, no electricity, no telephone, and no running water, maybe I'll marry him. (laughs) So during my winter at the Crow Creek Mine, I learned to cook and clean like a pioneer woman. I learned never get on the back of a snow machine driven by a drunk boyfriend. I learned shrew are cannibalistic. And I do not marry the music teacher. Summer comes along and I get offered a teaching job in Glen Ellen. I also get offered the job of being a bull cook at a remote fishing lodge on the Kuijek River where 8,000 sockeye an hour are going right up outside the front door. Now, we really should take the teaching job, right? But when am I ever going to get another chance to live in a remote little village where I can go fly fishing for 10-pound rainbow? So I make another irresponsible choice. When my fishing venture ends, I come back to Anchorage and um, I uh, get a phone call from the ex, the music teacher saying, hey, do you want to come up to Talkeetna? And um, I'm thinking, man, I really should not go out on another date with this guy, but I hear that Talkeetna is a really partying place. (laughs) And I've always wanted to go. So off we go to Talkeetna, and we check into the Fairview, and we go down to the bar, and it's dead. (laughs) Like, what's happening? And so the bartender explains that there's a live band playing 20 minutes up the road at the Little Sioux Bar, and everybody's gone up there. So the music teacher says, well, do you want to go? And I say, oh, no, we shouldn't drink and drive. Let's just stay here. So three times he asked me during the evening, and the third time I finally had enough beers, I said, yeah, let's go. <laughs> so we go up to the Little Sioux bar, and we go in, and the band's coming off their break, and I go up and I go, hey, can I sing a Stormy Monday in the key of D with you? And they say, sure. So I get up to sing, and the keyboard player looks over at me and says, hey, did you ever used to live in Chico, California? Well, it's Murray who was the roommate <laughs> right Murray was the roommate of Ted 13 years ago, and they've kept in contact, and so Murray gets my phone number, and he goes home, and at six o'clock in the morning he calls Ted up in San Diego and says, "I found her." <laughs> so I get a phone call from Ted, and he says, "Hey, I'm thinking of coming up to Alaska for the summer to visit Murray." And, uh, you know, could you pick me up at the airport? Maybe I can spend the night and then you can give me a ride up to Talkeetna. And I say, sure. And hang up and then go, oh my God, what have I just done? It's been 13 years. This guy's probably fat and bald, right? Because we don't have Google or Facebook at this time. So, anyway, I go down to the aer- airport to pick up Ted and full head of hair and flat stomach. Yes. Um, so, like a month later, I get invited down to San Diego to go to Ted's um, daughter's wedding because she is now getting married and moving out of the house and, you know, and <laughs> Ted had been kind of thinking maybe, you know, he should get married again and out of all those women he knew, Barbara Harmon was a contender. So anyway, um, Ted has many margaritas and asked me to marry them and I've had many margaritas and I say, yeah. And um, the next morning, I get up, and he says, so when are you moving down to California? And I say, wait a minute. I said I would get married to you. I didn't say I'd move to California. So then I'm kind of going, ah, oh, crap! I probably just blew it. But he calls my bluff, and um, he gets married to me and moves to Alaska. So in Alaska, they say the odds are good, but the goods are odd. And I guess in my case, that's true, because I did have to import my husband from the lower 48. (laughs) And against the odds, when I turned 44 years old, Ted's daughter made me a grandmother four months before I finally became a mother.